Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Um, th- this morning, uh, I wanted to speak about change. So your pastor has um, uh, has been very engaged uh, in in working on his house, preparing for the engagement party of uh, Garth and and Jamie, and um, and so they've got me busy doing a whole bunch of stuff. And I've been on the roof painting uh, Gurney and myself. And um, we've been up on the roof cleaning, and then I thought, well, I cleaned it. Now I should paint it. And, and uh, but you know, God can speak to you even when you're working. God can even speak to you when you're just doing normal stuff. And so God gave me this word uh, as I preached this morning: change. Hence the uh, the the multimedia promo there: change. And change happens to all of us. Change, sometimes we make change happen. Sometimes change happens to us. And then I want to talk about another word, crisis. Crisis is uh, an upgraded version of change. And crisis, uh, I've used this phrase before, a crisis of faith. When people are presented with, even like the giving message, people are presented with, oh my God, can I give to God? Should I give to God? Will I give to God? And, and, and there is. There's a crisis, a mini crisis that happens in, in, in a lot of situations when a husband's proposition to pull over and buy some flowers and, and there's, there's a slight crisis maybe at hand. And, oh, my God, can I, should I, would he, could he, should he, would he? And, and um, so change is here to stay. Nothing is as permanent as change. Miles Munro says, change is inevitable. He also says, change is necessary. Change is possible. Change is here. What will you do with change? And this is, I believe, a prophetic message in terms of, I believe that we are living in days of such change. We've seen, help me, Kodak, and not a company anymore. Is that right? Um, and, you know, many things are changing on us. The economy's changing. Um, uh, societal norms are changing. Um, spiritually, God is introducing messages to us that are propositioning us, but challenging us to to be obedient to what He's saying. And that can bring change. So being a Christian is really a lot about being on this roller coaster of being not only propositioned by God, but by a world that is vastly changing. Can someone agree with me on that? 
Change, conflict, fear, wars, rumors of wars. The world is changing so quickly that many are anxious and worried, even living in fear. Rick Joyner says, he's a prophetic guy from the States, he says, change is now coming on the world so fast that the only thing we can count on is change. And my question to you this morning is, how do you handle change? Is this registering with you, by the way? Can you feel like, man, things are changing all the time. Uh, We will go through things uh, individually, but corporately, even as a church, in a workplace, in your football team. C3 Tugra will face change. Hopefully, they will not suffer any defeat until they get to the finals. And uh, But even then, there could be a crisis. And um, do these changes overtake us? Are we people being tossed to and fro? Or do we... Because this is the difference between winners and losers. I like that what that guy said. I only glanced the paper, I think, yesterday. The missile, the swimmer. A lot was hanging on him. The whole nation was was believing that he was going to bring gold home. Were they not? And he came back home and they said, so what was it like to suffer defeat and come home without gold? He said, man, I'm cool. I went to the Olympics. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. All good. I like that. He's a winner. He hasn't come home defeated. He hasn't come home uh, bitter. He hasn't come home despondent. He's saying, man, I I had a blast. It was all good for me. I don't know what you're talking about. So this is the point I want to try and make this morning of how we uh, navigate change. Isaiah 33 verse 6 You want some scripture? Get your Bibles out. I'm going to start motoring a little bit now. Isaiah 33 verse 6 says, Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times. What's stability? Stability means firmness of position, resistance to disintegration, not likely to fall, give way or overturn. Firm and steady. Yet instead of stability, many Christians have seen change bring destruction to families, cities, even nations. Change can bring fear. But you know what? Even even at the risk of earth-shattering change, God says, fear not. Fear not. Daniel, the book of Daniel, 11.32 says, But the people who know their God shall be strong, and carry out great exploits. That's why I mention all that great stuff that what C3 Tugger are doing. Despite the economy, despite the, despite the environment out there, we are doing well. We're building a strong, thriving, energetic church that is engendering community and bringing out the best of people's lives. And in that, people put their efforts together. And this is what it means. Carrying 
our great exploits means that we will take the available resources and cause multiplication to occur. Each of us, each of us has a future and a hope in the future and the hope God plans to prosper us. 3 John verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things, through all the seasons, through all the calamity, through all the trials, through all the tribulations. God's will is to prosper us socially, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. All those areas, God wants to prosper you. Beloved, I pray that you may say it, prosper in the New King James Version. It says, prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. And I said, I was on my roof and it was really impressed upon me to talk about change. Change is a subject that I think we need to be. I've never preached on it. I can't believe it, but I've never preached on the subject of change. But it is a subject the Bible talks about all the time. The Bible says, unless you change and become like children, you will not see the kingdom of God. Unless you change your mind and repent, you will not be saved. Names were changed. Uh, People's names were changed. There's lots of change. In fact, we are on a journey of changing. I love people that change and are transformed and grow through maturity. Look at Ollie, man. He's ten times the guy that he was when he first came here. He heard the message of faith that we preached and he says, man, that did me so well and I'm better off for it. That's what church is about. Church is about making you bigger on the inside, more generous, more loving, more life-giving, change. You've got to change, guys. You can't stay the same. There's something wrong. Change is natural to existence and common to all creation. We know that. Everything is in constant state of change and nothing can stop it. Change is both evidence that we are alive and proof that we are finite because everything has its own season and nothing on this earth lasts forever. Change is a principle, a principle of creation. In fact, you should have, you should have comfort in knowing that everything changes. And, and in fact, in fact, when things happen to you, you shouldn't be as freaked out realizing that things change. Why is that changing? To be honest, I'm not good on change either. I found out this week my neighbor after 27 years is moving. They have a beautiful house next to us. They were like the Brady Bunch when they had their kids there. Their kids have grown up. It's just the two of them there. They've got this beautiful big house. And they said to me Friday afternoon, oh, by the way, they said to me while I was on my roof, we're moving. It's nearly spring. It's a good time to sell. We're going to be selling up. Oh, no. Change. Crisis. And I said to Jules, oh, because these people are so beautiful, they're so wonderful, they're Christians. Uh, They go to the Anglican church in Wyong and they've just been so beautiful and gracious to my family. 
and uh, change. I don't like change. I don't like when Julie changes things around in the house. She pulled down this great big, like Ken Duncan photo, which is Bryce's photo. And uh, our guy that's overseas now, he's a photographer too, Bryce. And uh, I love that of North Avoca, the sun setting. And Julie pulled it down and she put up one of her works. And um, so one of her works of art. And she loves to move things around. If you're a man, do you like change? Put up your hand if you do. If you don't, put up your hand if you don't like change. Yeah. I'm, I'm with Phil Cairns. But, you know, there's a tremendous peace and understanding when you realize that in every day you're going to be faced with change. I'm faced with change with my Jamie, my number three daughter, getting married to Garth. And I must say that every day I feel like I'm getting more used to it. And uh, especially when he brings home Thai takeaway food like he did last night to my home. Do we have a PowerPoint? Uh, we, we, we generally experience four types of change in life. I've had to glean some of this stuff, by the way, from other better uh, references. And First one, change that happens around us. Two, change that happens to us. Three, change that happens within us. And four, change that we make happen. Unfortunately, I believe few of us respond well to change. The world says, you take charge of your own destiny and and you deal with change and you deal with the outcome. That's what Anthony Robbins might say to you. But that's half right because the Bible says we're supposed to take be responsible for change. But then God says, you do your part And then I'll do my part if you adhere to my word and you trust in my nature to be faithful. If you deal with that change according to my nature, God says, and according to my word, but then you leave the rest to me. And I will bring around the best solution eventually. If it's not then, because God never ends things on a negative. It might feel like it's on the negative, in a given day, in a given week, in a given month. But eventually, Andrew, God turns all things around for good to those that love Him according to His purposes and plans in heaven. And it might take the rest of this year to do that, but it will happen. We've just faced the greatest tragedy of this church. A young person decided to exit early. I don't know how God's going to do this and why God allowed it to happen, but God's going to turn it for good because He is the center of the universe and He created this place and all matter and He, by His Word that created this place, by His Word can recreate and deal with this situation accordingly. Don't know how he's going to do it. That's a mystery. Please don't ask me to explain how he will. 
how can we deal with these unsettling times of change? I don't know. Certainly, it's got to do, do with trusting God and trusting his faithfulness. There was a book I've had in my bookshelf for many years, Edward Lewis Cole, Men's Ministry USA, who knows him? He released a book some time ago entitled Facing the Challenge of Crisis and Change. And he talks about real answers for times of transition, such as changing jobs. Can I, I think it's okay to say that Rob Lamrock lost his job last week. One of our good guys, you'll be here. I think that's okay to say. He'll be here tonight, but he's faced with a crisis. And this is what this book was about. How to deal with change, changing jobs, relocating, childbirth, getting married, broken relationships, financial difficulties, even schooling. All is about dealing with the crisis of change. And he talks about this, and I thought this was interesting. He talks about the crisis of adversity, and he talks about God will make a way, God will be faithful to you, and God will speak to you, and God will restore all. And I wanted to talk about just the first one, maybe. God will make a way. Can I do that? Can I do that? Because I think I've got enough time. Give me 10 minutes. Constant change. Constant change. Okay, let's check this out. Okay, let's look at this. Let's crunch this now. Let's go to um, 1 Corinthians 10.13. Now that we understand what change is. One Corinthians ten thirteen says, in the Amplified Version, it says this. For no temptation, meaning no trial regarded as enticing to sin, no matter how it comes or where it leads, has overtaken you and laid hold on you that it is not uncommon to man. That is not common to man. That is, no temptation or trial has come to you that is beyond human resistance and that is not adjusted and adapted and belonging to human experience and such as man can bear. Okay, but God is faithful to his word and to his compassionate nature. And he can be trusted not to let you be tempted and tried and assayed beyond your ability and strength of resistance and power to endure. But with the temptation, he will always, now here's the key word, always provide the way out. The, the, what does it mean? The means of of escape to a landing place that you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under it patiently. God will make a way, my friend. God will make a way through it if we cleave to Him, believe Him, trust Him. As believers, we believe that. As people that believe in Christ and His Word, we believe I just believe God makes a way. When I'm, I know for a fact, when I'm presented with a situation, I could be like, like Houdini in a, in a, in a case, in a box with chains around it, dropped into the river, and I'll be looking for a way out. Trust me. Even if I have to 
whatever, even if I have to try and supernaturally pray my way through out of that box, I will try every... I'm just like that. I don't give up. Because crises can make you give up. I give up. I give up. I just walk. That's not the way to do it. You gotta, you gotta hang tough. You gotta believe in God, trust in God, hear what He's saying about the situation, and just hold, hold your line. Here's a story of Paul, and just for the sake of time now, Paul, in Acts 27 verse 9, he has been arrested, the Apostle Paul, and, um, and of course, he gets a word before he... Okay, so Paul's been arrested. He needs to be put on a boat and that boat needs to take him to uh, Caesar where he's going to be uh, judged. And he gets a word that this boat is going to... Um, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come undone in a storm. He gets the word, he tells the captain... He says, Captain, I've got a word. We've just done the series of hearing the voice of God. I've got a word that, um, oh, you got the scripture up. Okay. Man, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to a ship and cargo and to our own lives also. Okay, but we can't read every scripture. But he says to the captain, this is true. This boat, we're going to be, it's not going to happen. He says, no, I'm not listening to you and I'm not listening to the counsel of other people. We're going to sail, we're going to go. And the story is, to cut it short, the boat hits this massive storm and for two weeks it's buffeted, man. It's buffeted. And they start to jettison stuff and Paul the whole time, he's praying. The others are panic-stricken. They're in a crisis. They're discomforted, they're anguished, they've got anxiety, they're just there's 200 prisoners and, and that's not including all the guys that are running the boat but Paul's just on his knees praying, constantly praying to God and he's not moved, he's not really really too perturbed but then an angel visits him and gives him another word and says, Paul if you stay with this ship, if you tell the men to stay with this ship, you all will survive. And if you don't, you're going to perish. So behind Paul's back, they start to lower one of the lifeboats down. He sees it and says, what are you doing? If you leave this ship, you're going to perish. And so they say, you're right. They cut the, the boat free and they all cling to this ship. All of a sudden they find this bay out of the storm, sandbank, the boat, they jump off, swim ashore, the boat is, they lose the boat, they lose the ship. So Paul finds himself in this place of change, but crisis, because of the bad decision of this other person, and that happens to us too. When we are faced with drama and we are faced with peril and we are faced with anguish and we are faced with the consequences of someone else's bad decisions and we might lose the ship, 
but we won't lose our lives. We need to hear the voice of God. We need to hear the voice of God. Sometimes we do lose a business. Sometimes people do lose their marriage. The ship of the, even when you're a captain. Sometimes you lose your, your, your ship of your finances, of your, of your health or whatever. But you don't have to lose your lives. You don't have to. You can get through this. God made a way. God spoke to Paul and says, Paul, you're in a difficult situation. But because you hear me, and so God spoke to Paul, and then Paul spoke to the captain. The captain believed in Paul. Paul believed in God. And they got through it. I love that story. We all go through stuff like this. As Paul did, we may encounter people whose different views may bring us hardship or loss. Yet we, like Paul, also have an anchor to the soul, our faith in Christ. And even as the captain, we may lose some ships in our lives. But if God is with us in the midst of the storm, we need not lose our lives for the sake of the ship. For those of us who believe in Jesus Christ, God has a way of bringing us through every trial, temptation, and tribulation. I've just got to get one more scripture through, guys. When we reach the end of ourselves and think there is nothing left in us to face the circumstances of life, when we cannot see anything else that can be done to alleviate the crisis, when there is no understanding of what to do, of which way to turn, when our ship of finances, marriage, business or ministry is going down and it seems is about to sink, when we seem to be alone, naked, stripped of everything, the good news is God is faithful. And that will bring me to my next preach in this series about God being faithful. And I need to extrapolate how faithful God is. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. Say that. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. God says He is faithful to His children, even when they seem to be totally depleted of faith. God is faithful to you. No matter if your prayers are bouncing off heaven, no matter how you just feel depleted of all spiritual strength, God is resilient. He's unchanging. He is ever faithful to you. God never fails. God never quits. God never ends anything on a negative. God is faithful. Just remember this, guys. Crises are generally the reason behind feeling of wanting to give up. Crises are the natural result of change. crisis we face both individually and corporately can lead us to a better life crisis is normal to life the right amount of stress can be used to motivate us in positive ways just understand this when you tighten a guitar string you tighten with a certain amount of stress and it plays if it's slack or if you're over tighten it 
I'm talking about stress, anxiety, fear. If you over-tighten it, you will break it. And in these days, my friend, listen to me. We've got to be so trusting in God, so cleaving to God, so believing in God, that we don't get overstressed. The Bible says, I think it's in Peter, in, in the last days there will be perilous times, meaning stressful times. So in a sense, this is a prophetic, a prophetic warning, a prophetic admonition to you. Be careful in these days of great change. Change is with us. Change is it's part of our life. It's our story. Let's all stand. God bless you. hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.